Good to see you again, Mike. You do. How is uh, life in Casa de Shanks? Like <laughs> Casa de Shanks. Um, empty right now in our usual house, but we're down in, in Los Angeles. That you know, for all you burglars out there, our house is empty. But there is a house sitter, and he's got he's armed. <laughs> um, uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, we're, yeah, we're just enjoying some sunshine in, in Los Angeles and, and uh, doing the LA tap. Dance. Is it nice being down there as opposed to up here full time? It, it's just the weather. Uh, there's a lot of things we miss about Vancouver. I mean, it's it's very much more peaceful, obviously, and quiet and less stress living wise. And, and um, we we're just enjoying the weather, and, and the kids are getting to swim every day and things like that. So. Um, that's that's new because we've had terrible winters in in Vancouver and the weather as everyone that's been around Vancouver knows the weather is not exactly the, the selling point. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's nice to be in the sunshine for a change for sure. We'll talk about Atlantis a little bit briefly. The last time that I talked to you uh, was just prior to the airing of First Contact and The Lost Tribe here in the states. Oh, okay. And were you happy with those episodes as they were finished? Was there anything that you? wanted to see in them? I only saw them on TV, so I only saw them sort of the quick once. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty happy with them. I was, I was very happy with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, I, getting to see the pacing and, the, and the, the, um, the production value of everything was great. It was, the, 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 the first part especially was quite big in, in terms of mm-hmm. uh, television. And, of course, you know, the stuff, obviously, working with David Hewlett was a blast. Right. Yeah. As far as Daniel's involvement or your contribution to the episode, anything that you would have liked to have seen done different? Or no, I mean, um, um, I enjoyed the interplay. You know, it's it, it's one of those episodes that begs for a little more. You know, for another one kind of thing. That's the the key the key selling point for me was like, yeah, let's let's do that again kind of thing. So I wanted to see a little bit more interaction. You know, if the show continued, but apparently it didn't. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> your relationship with the Asgard. Mm. Always been very strong. Obviously, you play Thor. Right. You know, um, what was it like going in there and bringing them back? Um, it was funny just because they were bad guys this time. So it was, you know, um, just from a from a Michael standpoint, being able to look at the Asgard who you used to find lovable and cute, and all of a sudden you went, "You little bugger!" You know, it was yeah. uh, that, that was that was quite cute about it. I mean, it, an interesting storyline. I would like to see more of that. Uh, Fleshed out, what a great, uh, what a great antagonist for for the team, and and um, an interesting and very, quite frankly, um, what's the best way to put it? A very worthy opponent for starters, obviously, um, and just a very palpable, believable twist. You know, you can really believe that this powerful race. You know, we've seen them; these they're almost too good. Our guys in our universe, and all of a sudden, these other guys just sort of go, "Well, yeah, they're." they're trying to survive and they're going to be looking out for themselves first so it's a bit more almost more palpable than, than the Asgard the other we dealt ones. with yeah. Yeah. with the uh, success the Arc of Truth and Continuum had we know that there's going to be a third SG-1 movie on the way um, we know Brad and Carl are writing it and Martin's going to come back and direct it again have you heard anything as far as it's been approached as it's far as it's just been green lit so <laughs> you know I should be asking you guys the questions because apparently you know more than I do because I didn't know that. I mean, I, I'd, I'd read it actually. I think on Gate World that the, the movie had been greenlit. So I, you know, I no, we're you know unless we're we're living in the in the in the heads or on the golf course with the producers, uh, they don't call us and say, guess what, you know, until there's a time for a contract or something like that. So um, I know very little about it. I've heard that you know. I heard first it was like spring, and then it was summer, and then it's fall, and now I'm going, well, what's next? You know, <laughs> Next year's spring, next year's summer. Mm. So. Well, Brad's gone on record as far as stating that the third film is going to be a lot more Jack O'Neill-centric, right. and that Rick's involvement in it is going to be a lot more than even what was in Continuum. Right. Do you think bringing back the original core group 
for a much more classic SG one feel is you know the best way to go for the third film. I, I think so. I mean, I, I you know, we, we we wrapped up our ongoing arc with Arc of Truth, and Continuum was very was very standalone. I think there's still avenues you could go with with the, the other group, but at the same time, I think if you're going to go around the horn and see what kind of ideas you got, certainly an original team episode centered around uh, Rick's character Jack, that would be. You know, that certainly harkens back to the days of, you know, and, and I, th- I think to certainly do it while there's, um, you know, while we're not pushing around walkers is you know, the sooner the better kind of thing. Uh, so uh, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm curious to obviously see what kind of story we're going to come up with, but I obviously trust Brad and Carl to come up with something brilliant and see what uh, what falls off the truck. But yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, for sure. You know, when you take a look at the franchise, you know, from its early development, you know, it started, I think, back in 1996, you know, through the last 13 years, you know, is the Stargate franchise a brand? Do you think it's in a stronger position now um, than, you know, back when it first started? Oh, yeah. Obviously. Obviously, it's in a, in a, the franchise itself. There was no franchise. We were kind of a fledgling show that we didn't know what we wanted to be when we started out. Spin-off of a big Yeah, which is, you know, as you know, has a great track record. Oh, you know, spinning very. off uh, from films is, you know, the, the success rate is very high. Um, but, uh, you know, we, you know, we absolutely. I mean, there is a franchise now. There is a, a brand name. Uh, the fact that there's so many incarnations of the same thing that are happening, um, you know, whether it be the failing video game, the <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to fly that in there, the video game or the uh, or the merchandising or the um, the the various shows, the movies and whatever. I mean, there's a there's a real entity out there, and you know, obviously, it still is not doesn't rival something like Star Trek or Star Wars in terms of its size and scope. But um, you know, the fact that it's got it found its niche and it's it's part of pop culture now and whatever. That's uh, uh, we never saw that coming, mm-hmm. so it's quite. Uh, amazing to sort of see the the development of it. I'm, I'm very curious to see the new show because I think I definitely believed that going darker and more serious with the the tone was was called for. It was necessary to keep doing the same thing without taking a risk. I think um, you know ran the risk of running it into the ground. So I think you have to try something. Of course, that's risky in itself as well. So I'm curious to see it as much as anybody. But um, we'll see what uh, what happens. You got the opportunity to reprise the role of Jackson for a couple of the. Uh Audiobooks uh, that were produced on CD uh, for Big Finish Productions. How did that all come about? I, I kind of got called up out of the blue, and, and uh, uh, they said that um, um, some people in, in, in England were doing these uh, audiobooks, and would I be willing to do it after I was doing, I think, a convention or something like that there? And, and uh, I, I, my first thought was, wow, why didn't somebody think of doing this before? Because, <laughs> you yeah, know. It's a neat idea. Uh, yeah, especially with the, uh, you know, with the show being winding down at that particular point and so much backstory that was still left unfulfilled um, to actually take some of the actors and tell some original stories because it's a way to keep the it alive and keep it real in the in the minds of the audience. It was a great idea. So uh, um, I thought that was my first reaction to it. it was, what a great idea. Why hasn't somebody done this before? It's like 10 years later. You know, was it your first foray into voice work? I had, done, I had done I an audio book before uh, this. This was a bit different because this was a bit more acty. Than, uh, than the audiobook I did. I tried to keep the uh, the acting to a minimum, but I, it, it just came out. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but uh, this was definitely, you know, because there was another actor involved in the process, so it was a bit more radio play-ish at times. Um, Between the two, you did one solo and then one with Claudia. And one with also. Claudia. And that was, that was odd just because Claudia wasn't there. And I was kind mm. of, you know, I was doing the secondary voice on it. So that was a little bit odd. I mean, I'm not, I'm not obviously not a, 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 a terribly experienced voice alone actor. Claudia actually is. And um, so I was a little bit 
okay. But the best part was knowing Claudia, knowing her rhythms, I was mm -hmm. able to figure out where it was going to fit, and I still haven't heard it, but um, 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 I heard it's turned out well. So that, that's, you know, I mean, they were good stories, though. I appreciated them. Last month marked what we can assume will be uh, your final appearance on Burn Notice. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What makes you assume that? <laughs> the fact that he was lying in a pool of his own blood. Oh. In the I heard him talking about it with a man. I'm like, maybe I should keep my mouth shut. Maybe I wasn't supposed to hear that mic. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But aside from the flashback possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Um, Were you happy with Victor's overall character arc over the course of the episodes you did? I talked about it with, uh, I did a, an audio commentary for, um, uh, for, uh, the final, the, the finale for their for the DVD release with uh, Matt Nix and, and Bruce Campbell, and um, and I, I really enjoy their company and, and become somewhat friends with with Matt, and he's really smart, funny, and 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 um, what's the best way? Professional um, and very talented, and uh, is in, in, in the head of that show. And we talked about it at the time when when I shot it, and I, we talked about it at the finale too, and uh, when we taped the finale. Um, Commentary, and it was very true. He said, "He said, yeah, you have no idea how many people have been sort of saying, why 'Why'd you kill off Victor? Why'd you kill off Victor?'" And he said, "But you know what? Um, we talked about it before. Having an episode like that for the finale, having a you know having having a story like that, is worth ten or twenty of the little bits that you get when you're sort of like the recurring character who's you know, Victor Victor can constantly reappear would get, would get somewhat annoying after a while, mm -hmm. and." Uh, He's going to <laughs> <laughs> shutting the blind. Good, that's good. Um, Victor, 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 keeping popping in would, would 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 be a little bit redundant, repetitive if he kept sort of doing what what he was doing, bothering Michael or whatever. If, if you know, but it, to get an episode where you can really dig into it that way and get that backstory and get that stuff, I mean, that's worth ten or fifteen of those. So it's mm -hmm. it's a nice way to go out. You know, you, I like the character and and I really enjoyed the company of the people on the show. So, yeah, I would have loved to be in it more, but to go out that way with that kind of flash and pop was a, was a nice way to go out, and it was nice that we, you know, we'll continue to have an ongoing relationship beyond the show. So that's, uh, that was, uh, it was a, I had a great time on that show. With less of your time devoted to specifically Stargate Project, you know, you're auditioning for a lot more roles in a lot of different areas. Do you find yourself gravitating towards any different types of roles that you haven't had a chance to do because of... I. You know, everything has its has its merits. I I, I have I remember when um, stuff like uh, just finishing pilot season when stuff like V uh, would come down the pipeline. I was a little bit like, I don't know, man. I don't I don't it's know. Too much. Like yeah, too much things. too soon. And and um, I just went. You know what? I, I if, if if given choices, you certainly want to sh you know shy away from stuff that you feel is familiar to you and err more towards things that you haven't done and you want to experience. Um, and yeah, I think to the, the pilot I'm shooting right now is a show called The Eastman's for CBS, and it's very um, subtle, very sort of contemporary. It's about the interrelationships between a, a family of doctors, and it's um, it's much more character drama than it is, you know, <laughs> you, Action, you won't see too many up. squibs going off on that one, or you know, car chases, so um, or spaceship chases. So it's 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 a lot different, and it's it's refreshing in a way because you get to you really see working with some really good actors who you can really see the the craft of that you know character drama coming out and the real subtlety of the acting going on so it's a very different venue so I mean I don't want to say I'm drawn to it but I'm just fascinated and happy to be part of it at this particular juncture 
Um, we've got a couple of projects that are coming out here in the next couple of months. Um, there's a Desperate Escape, and then there's Living Out, Li Living Out Loud, which actually I think premieres in the States next month. Right, right. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your roles? Uh, Living Out Loud is uh, with uh, myself and Gail O'Grady, and uh, it was shot in Vancouver, and um, actually sh actually shot like a year ago, because they were supposed to have it. It was supposed to be for Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, yeah, there's something, something, something screwed up, so they didn't release it that Mother's Day. They yeah. held on to it, and it's being released this Mother's Day. But uh, I saw a copy of it. It's very good. It's um, Gail's wonderful, and it's, it's you know it's a slice of life story about a, a family, and the mother um, finds out that she's got breast cancer, and all the trials and tribulations that go on within the family. So, you know, like I said, after doing so much stuff that's based in far out concepts, and and you know saving the world and saving the universe, and you know. Uh, trying to save your butt from the the, the, the villain, this kind of thing, that to do um, uh, just a sort of slice of life, simple family story with kids and home and mortgage and blah blah blah, is a is a nice departure and it's a it's a good movie. It's a you know it's not a, it's not a thriller and it's not a, a creature feature. It's a you know a slice of life family movie and I really enjoyed uh, doing it as well as really enjoyed watching it. I think it's got a nice heart to it. And uh, what about Desperate, Desperate Escape? Desperate Escape falls into the latter category of, um, you know, loud dun-dun-dun music. And, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a lifetime uh, 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 <laughs> so it's a thriller guy. movie. I'm not saying who I am in it. I don't Men are always anything. evil in yeah. lifetime That's movies. That's what I'm saying. If, if you're in, but if you're a guy in a lifetime movie, you got two choices. You're either um, not really that important or you're the bad guy. Let me just say. So <laughs> I'll let you uh, decide what it's going to be. Um, this is becoming almost a biannual question as far as you and I are concerned, but do we have any more movement on Rage of Angels? Have you I'm not even talking about Rage oh. of Angels anymore. No, I just it's, it's one of those things where everything I've been told and everything I've said has fallen by the wayside, not been true, or been true and never come to pass. So is it dead? I don't, no, it's not dead. It's not dead. It's just, I, you know, in terms of timelines, the last thing I was told, I think we talked before, is that I thought it was going to be you know, this summer, and there's no way in the heck that that's happening. So, um, you know... Uh, I prefer to just sort of take the avenue of, hey, you know, when it happens, then I'll talk about it. That very special producer that you guys found, is, is that person still interested? As far, far as I know, but um, I haven't uh, talked to Chris in a, in a couple months specifically wow. about that subject, okay. so um, I haven't, I kind of like, you know, put it on the, okay. the side yeah, burner sure. kind of thing. So I, I, I don't know what's really going on with it. He would be the one to know, certainly know more about it, and... Um, and the, uh, the, the showrunner was in it. Last I heard, he was still part of it, but that changes, you know, monthly as well. Mm -hmm. So who knows? We, we're, we're, we're hopeful, but uh, at the same time, again, you have to be realistic and you have to move forward with what's in front of you and pragmatic and real. So you know, it, it'll hopefully come to pass, but when it does, then we'll, then we'll, then we'll have a conversation about it. <laughs> have to feed the babies. Yeah. Exactly. Finally, the last question I have for you. When we talked last time, uh, we had talked a little bit about uh, Maggie Rose and you working on that project on... Don's behalf right. in his memory. Has anything come to pass on that? As far no, as I've been so busy down in Los Angeles with what, what's going on right now um, that it, it'll be literally in the next couple of weeks that I'm going to get into conversations about that. So hopefully that, you know, that's going to be a long process and I have to find the right people and looking for financing for an independent film in right now's economy it's is not, it's just yeah. not the best mm -hmm. time. I'm not saying that there's not the right person out there, but there's certainly a lot more legwork that we'll go into mm -hmm. finding the people that will invest in a project that's small and contemporary and doesn't hold a lot of flash pop value, you know what I mean? All mine now? <laughs> um, I think I'm sure you'd say that Daniel has been a big part of, of making you a success over the years. A success? Nobody uh, told me. 
as you proceed to end your career, you know, you have, you have goals and everything. Does Daniel, even though we love having you back, and even though I'm sure you love coming back, does Daniel, is, is he ultimately a helper, a hindrance after time? Oh, no, there's no hindrance at all. I think okay. that the thing with the venue that we were on is certainly no offense to the fans who adore the show. We were a small success by television yeah. standards. And so the only the, the, really, it's not a hindrance, it's a wonderful thing to come back to. It's nice to have a job to continue to come mm. back to, quite frankly. Most of the time when I'm going out, nobody, you know, I'm seeing this in L.A. a lot, nobody knows who the heck I am. They either know way too well who I am, which is really, really strange when you go through a bunch yeah. of rooms where they go, who the heck was that? And then you walk into one room where they go, hi! And you go, wow, you really know, and they know everything about the show and all this other stuff. And, and I've met a few producers who are mm-hmm. fall into that category. And, and um, but in terms of it being a hindrance, not at all. I mean, I think it's more of a hindrance in my own mind in terms of lazy yeah. actor habits that I yeah. fall into. Uh, Less not, adventurous, you not know. Not so much yeah. what people, you know, what people assume. I mean, yes, certainly you could argue that. Well, the things he does on television are close to you know who Daniel was. Those are the things you get offered as an actor. You know that you take to pay the bills, kind of thing. That that are you know because they have seen you on on this show. So, are you going to get typecast? Yeah, but it's not like I, I played. You know, uh, I wasn't Mark Hamill in Star Wars. It's you know, like I said, it's a small thing. Most people don't really know who I am, and when I walk into a room, it's it's starting all over again. So it's uh, it's certainly not. It's 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 been a help for a lot of years, and I've enjoyed it. So. Certainly, the reason you're here. Exactly.